Hello, listeners, and welcome to our Azure Sentinel podcast. My name is Gennaro Miaccio, and today I'm joined by... David well, Raw, group I CTO. Gonna... <laughs> I say, I how know... are we handing this over? Morning. <laughs> Morning. It's not like I can just wave to you. I think it's just, you know, let's, let me try and throw that over and uh, and, and, and see what happens. Um, we, we will get slicker. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so... In terms of today and the and this podcast, this podcast really is for you know anyone that has an interest in Sentinel and wants to get a bit more of an idea around you know seam tools and and, and you know what the market has looked like uh, in that area. Um, in reality, though, this this uh, this podcast today is really just to air out some of our thoughts um, on Seam and Sentinel, and uh, yeah, I suppose to to really kick it off. Uh, it's always worth asking the question, well, where did Seam start? And again, I'm going to almost hand over to Dave, waving my arms uh, to, to, to give us, a, I suppose, a little bit of insight to, you know, where, where did Seam start? But, you know, where has it come from, uh, from then? Well, I mean, Sim, for me, it, it's, it's a really, been a really interesting journey. I mean, I've been in this industry for over 20 years now um started uh with a security reseller known as security partnerships back in january 2000 and sim wasn't a thing at all it didn't exist the, the concept of it didn't exist and there was really no compliance requirement for it either back then and then mid 2000s kind of 2005 we started seeing customer requirements from a few financial services companies, really. That's where it came from. And there were a couple of vendors that kind of had tools. It was very niche, very specialist. Um, really, nobody was trying to do it themselves. If you did buy it, you bought it as a straight managed service. There were two problems with it. The customers that did try and do it themselves, and we had one notable uh, financial services customer, um, uh, which obviously I can't name, but they they uh, they really tried to do it themselves, and they invested, I want to say, hundreds of days and hundreds of, uh, and, and thousands of man hours in trying to run it for themselves, despite us continually telling them that that, that it wasn't going to work. And um, it was a project. It was it was actually um, our our ex um, sales director and joint MD of Byte Security Partnerships. As it became, and we were bought by Bytes in 2011. John Gilbertson. It was one of his main accounts, and, and I remember doing customer meetings with him throughout the late 2000s as they spent literally years trying to get this tool to work, and and this panacea of trying to ingest all of the event logs and produce reports and everything else was this this really amazing thing that they were trying to do. But let's be clear, it was driven from a compliance requirement. It was driven by audit and compliance. And the ridiculous thing about this industry, um, and I know, Janara, you've seen this, even today, we still trip over this. The requirement wasn't for the data in the report to be any good. The requirement was to run the report. Okay, the requirement was to have the report on the shelf. So as a result, the fact the product didn't work that well didn't really matter. But what they were trying to achieve was what people have been trying to achieve with Sim Tools ever since, which is they had a support desk that was manned during the day. They wanted that support desk to take responsibility for security events, and they wanted the Sim Tool that they were putting in at that time um, to be able to cobble together all of the alerts and generate an out of hours alert that would go to an engineer and wake them up if there was actually a problem so they didn't have to have a 24 seven support desk in place. Um, and they didn't want to do it with a managed service. And needless to say, they tried and failed because everybody wanted SIM to be a, a silver bullet in the early days, okay. 
So we then moved on. Um, they did actually look at a managed service in the end. They didn't want to pay for a managed service. They struggled on with it. And then kind of in the early 2010, 11 range, they actually moved to another product, um, which was an RSA product. And um, our now uh, head of uh, consulting and technical solutions, Jay Patel, actually was the guy that implemented that for them. And they tried again. You know, they absolutely tried again, just with a whole different product. I mean, it's like a tale. My, this, this one customer is my whole story of SIM and how it should and shouldn't be done. It was a much better product. We, we moved into a world where we had big proper databases available at the back end that could actually run and support this stuff. And we had web-based front ends. It wasn't application-based anymore. And we had automated reports, but the goal was still the same. The goal was still the silver bullet that the SIM tool would tell us when an attack was happening not just be used as a reporting tool beforehand, okay, or a reporting tool afterwards rather. And obviously we still didn't achieve it because managed service was still the answer. Um, and then as that decade, you know, the last decade progressed, more and more products came out. We got into behavioral analysis rather than individual alert-based analysis. And do you know what? Some really good products came out. Really good products came out during the two, you know, sort of 2010 to 2016 range. And um, a lot of customers did manage to do some stuff with it. But for me, SIM has always been, if you're going to do it properly, you need managed service. Okay, this has been the absolute bottom line on it. It's never been accessible enough, really, for me, for a, a customer of any, even any size, even in the three to 5,000 user range, to run themselves because it needs constant feeding and watering. Every change in infrastructure, be it an upgrade of an AV tool, a change of a firewall, an upgrade, even an AD upgrade, an operating system upgrade, things change. So every time anything in the estate changes, you have to go back into the SIM tool and you have to make sure everything's working correctly. And it just needs masses of feeding, of feeding and watering. And because that managed service makes sense. There's a side benefit to managed service that people forget is that it gives you access to genuine experts when you do have a problem. It's an expert ringing you and saying, we think you've got a problem um, rather than you having to figure it out yourself. But what we started to see at the end of the last decade, God, I feel so old to be saying that, is some of these tools started to be a little bit more uh, proactive. We started to move out of the realm of just it only does the rules that you give it. And we started to get context in. And context is, is really the key part that makes SIM um, in the current world actually possible. Because with context, we have the ability to say, we don't care about events from this user um, if they're low risk. We do care about events if this user is high risk. Um, and we have the ability to build risk profiles based on events. But the thing that's never gone away, the thing that has never gone away is the need to keep the collectors up to date, to keep the infrastructure up to date, to do daily checks, to make sure every single event log and every single feed is working. Because otherwise, guess what? What happens is you have a problem. And as soon as you have a problem, um, you go and look and you realize that maybe one of your Active Directory servers, if it's an on-prem part, and even in today, most businesses will, will still have an on-prem AD server of some kind, and they'll be running hybrid, hybrid AD with Azure AD. You suddenly discover the collector wasn't working, and you suddenly discover you haven't got the feeds from it. And then you may suddenly discover that that risk user should have been much higher risk much sooner, and actually you've had an event going on for days, not hours like you think. Um, and that's the problem. It's inaccessible because managed service is expensive. 
and this really is is kind of up to the launch of sentinel i suppose it's just been inaccessible a lot of businesses jumped on the splunk bandwagon um you know back in the last 10 15 years because it was open source to begin with you could put it in for free you could dip your toe in and see what you wanted to do for free but it's just it's inaccessible it's difficult it's hard work and then guess what the people that know the infrastructure move on because people move on from businesses three to five years is, is a good time you might have people stick around for 10 years but sooner or later people move on and then the people that came in don't know how it was set up and don't know the wrinkles of it and then when something breaks they don't know how to fix it right and this is a challenge i know you're kind of discussing Gennaro when you're out there talking to people about our RCIS uh, gap analysis and stuff and things like that I think sim comes up time and time again as the yeah we kind of do it but we don't do enough and this and that and it's we see it with customers all the time don't we well I mean I like absolutely I, I, I couldn't have said it better myself I suppose when doing the CIS gap analysis sessions um, if a customer indeed has a seam tool they generally sit into one of three categories and normally the third category just simply doesn't really exist for, for, for many people and I'll explain why. So first and foremost, to your point, a lot of people treat it as a tick box exercise, right? Uh, I'm trying to hit a certain compliance standard. I want to tick that box. Um, I want to collate all of my logs together. Cool. I have got a seam tool for that. But all it's really doing is aggregating logs. It's doing nothing more than that. That's what we typically tend to see. We then do get a small subset of customers that are getting alerted from that seam tool using, you know, a little bit of intelligence for it. But guess what? Are those alerts actioned? Is someone actually jumping into that seam console and investigating it? Is someone ensuring that, you know, that um, that alert that's actually popped up is accurate based on all of the data connectors being up to date? At that point, you start mentioning a couple of things around there. And, you know, I, I guess a couple of people might go a little bit pale in terms of, oh, I never thought of that. There is still a lot of watering and, and, and feeding that we need to do to this tool. And then the third, I suppose, stage where I'd say a very, you know, small subset of customers fit into is actually using a seam tool properly. Um, and by this, I mean, they're doing the watering and feeding, they're, they're refining all of their alerts, they're actually investigating those alerts, and they're actually using their seam tool proactively, they're using it to go off and actually hunt threats that could be within their environment. But guess what, like that small set of customers are the ones that are very mature and actually have, you know, a SOC team behind them using this seam tool, um, you know, as effectively as possible. So Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm seeing, um, you know, out there. And it, it, it's generally in those three categories. And I think most of the time it is because seam tools are notorious for being admin heavy. And I don't want to say problematic to sell up, problematic to, to, to maintain. It takes a lot of staff in um, to, to, to realize the value behind it. And, you know, even because of that, managed services are being considered um, a lot more. And, you know, it, it, it's great that you mentioned managed services there, Dave. Um, as you know, we recently launched a, a survey within Bytes uh, all around security, not just Seam tools or Sentinel or anything like that, but security in general. But there were a couple of um, Seam-based questions in there. So for, for the listeners that did partake in that survey, thank you very much. I'm not going to name anyone by names. We're just consolidating all of the results here. But 17% of responders um, only have a Seam tool. 
Now, I would take a stab in the dark to say that they're probably using that as a log collector and probably getting a couple of simple reports and alerts for it. Hell, I think for some people, it's probably just going to be shelfware. Like they implemented it a couple of years ago and it's just sitting there gathering dust. Well, you know, for a lot of businesses or for some businesses, there is a requirement for them to keep logs for, for five to seven years for, for yeah. compliance and audit. And they just buy the SIM tool um, with, you know, a, a backup mechanism on it to keep the logs. Mm. You know, it's the only it's just a, a convenient way of keeping their logs available and searchable so that when an auditor says, show me a, a log from the firewall from two years ago, they can do it. Right. It's, it's, it's yeah. the only thing they're using for. They're deriving no value. Exactly. It, 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 again, it's just log collection, no value. Even if alert, an alert comes up, is anyone actually actioning that? Do they even have alerts set up? It's, you know, it's, it's looking at all of that. But another interesting uh, statistic that we got from that survey was 34% of responders actually have a managed SOC. Um, so they've outsourced that, that SEAM element and that SOC element um, to a third party, which is really interesting because we've seen the growth of managed services over the past what, year, two years, even three years, uh, I would say, especially when it comes to extending and increasing that response capability for customers. Customer, customers and businesses now, they want to respond straight away when there's something suspicious in their environment. And what better tool to use than a seam tool because that's going to connect into to all of your data sources and then having those uh, those experts behind it that that you know the people and processes element behind it gives that 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 response capability so there's definitely uh you know an increase in that area which you know in in my opinion is it's great to see managed services are are the way forward with something as admin hungry as a as a as a seam tool right oh, absolutely and and the interesting thing for me and where Sentinel plays its part here is, is adoption, right? And it's, it's kind of moving on. It's, it's, as you said, you know, these are relatively low percentages for what we would consider as people that, that are scared by lack of visibility and, and the lack of visibility things can cause in the IT security uh, of any business. It's all about adoption. It's all about getting people to use stuff. And, and Sentinel becomes a very, very interesting conundrum for me because... Microsoft have launched a, do the air quotes thing, SIM tool, right? But actually, Sentinel is the cherry on the top of a whole ecosystem within the Microsoft product that people don't think about, okay? So if you, if you strip Sentinel away a second, and if we talk about context and what a SIM tool would do, if you were to go and buy one of the top um, SIM tools that are available out there in the market, one of the things you would expect it to do, for instance, is to gather events from multiple sources um, and to, as I, as I said earlier, to risk score users based on the type of events. Do we see logins from two geographic different areas in quick succession that aren't possible? Um, do we see a different device login? Do we see them accessing a piece of data that they wouldn't normally access? All of these things lift the risk score. Well, guess what? Azure AD with the premium SKUs on it already does that. We're already building that scoring. We're already building the end user risk. And actually, that gives us the context. And then guess what? Even without Sentinel as a SIM tool, we can also use conditional access policies within the Microsoft estate to block access to, to pieces of infrastructure based on a, a user's or an end user's risk status. And this infrastructure is already there. You know, this is all available. It's already there. What does it lack? It lacks reporting. It lacks visibility. And it lacks the ability to get in and drill into the events and understand exactly what happened to lift that there, to, to put together investigations. 
that's what Sentinel does. Sentinel is the front end that does that. It, it's, uh, it, it's the cherry on top that makes the Microsoft estate actually able to be used for this stuff because most of the underlying SIM type functionality, the UEBA, you know, the user and behavior analysis um, stuff was already in the Microsoft Azure AD ecosystem, right? So Sentinel is that, that cherry on top. And it's, that's the, the bit we need to try and get across to people, isn't it? Even if you're not turning on Sentinel, you're already making use of it. You're, why would you add another tool in? Why would you try and do it via a different route when you just need to effectively turn the dashboard on? That's how I think about it. What, what do you think? No, no, no. 100, again, 100% agree. Sentinel for me, yeah, it is that dashboard and, and, and that interface. But all of, the, all of the logic, all of the algorithms, all of the alerting, that's already being done by another tool within the Microsoft ecosystem, right? You mentioned Azure Active Directory Premium there. Absolutely. We have things like Defender for Endpoints. That is surfacing alerts. That is be like, you know, that's the EDR technology that sits on our devices. So of course that's got the device context um, and everything like that. So Sentinel really surfaces that in front of you, but it can also cross-correlate between those systems. I think that that's the part that joins up the ecosystem for me. If you look at the Azure Active Directory Premium Portal, yes, you see a lot of uh, of, of, of stuff uh, for identity, right? So you can do the conditional access piece, you can do the risk-based scoring and the identity protection, and that's great. You then log into a different portal, that's your Defender for Endpoints, and now we're looking at devices. Sentinel, it's just basically, it's bridging that gap. It's saying, right, you know, we've seen some suspicious activity on this user, and on this user's device and it brings that together so then we can you know jump down and, and and investigate into it so much so that the argument then becomes you know if you're already using tools of the microsoft ecosystem it's almost like you're using sentinel already it's just a a, a tick box yeah, no not a, you not just a tick haven't box turned on the front you just end. Just on. yeah <laughs> it's it's nuts and and where you know this is an informative podcast rather than a sales podcast but for me it then becomes about what can bytes do to help and this is this is where i think we've got some some really um good knowledge around the product and what we can do to help because sentinel like all things microsoft you can get the best out of it when you know it right when you know what you're doing with it that's what enables you to get the best out of it and you know there are people out that say well sentinels you know i have this conversation with customers we're not going to look at a different sim tool to sentinel because sentinel's free because it's part of our licensing skew and I think that's uh, true to a degree, but where the costs of Sentinel rack up disproportionately quickly is when you onboard third-party tools into it. So if you want to put your on-premise firewalls or your on-premise servers, switch infrastructure, wireless infrastructure, uh, radius servers, for instance, you know, if you've, if you've got something that you use uh, that's not Microsoft, like a, an, an Okta or a Ping or something for your identity and your, and your IAM and all that kind of stuff, the cost can really rack up fast on Sentinel. And, and that's the thing that people don't realize. And they get there as your bill at the end of the month. And they go, Jesus Christ, where, well, what, what on earth has that come from that from? You know, where has that come from? But what people don't realize is that there are ways of adding context to the Microsoft state that don't cost you anything. So, you know, we, we are one of Checkpoint's top, uh, top partners in the UK as Bytes. And you would, it would be a natural thing to onboard your firewalls into your SIM tool and into your SIM estate, okay? Um, but what you can do, depending on what you're looking to achieve um, from SIM, is rather than onboard the firewalls as a straightforward resource into Sentinel in the same way you would with a conventional SIM tool, well, what you can do is onboard the files into Microsoft MCAS. Okay, so you can onboard them into MCAS. Guess what? 
you get the contents of what your users are doing through the firewalls. You don't get IPS alerts. You don't get every single packet that's being dropped like you would if you onboard it as a SIM source. But if you onboard it into MCAS, you get all the context of what your users are doing. And you can do that for free because onboarding devices into MCAS doesn't cost you anything. And then guess what? MCAS becomes part of the context of what your users are doing. If they're going to different websites or different categories of sites, or if one of those categories, like maybe a financial service provider you use, gets hacked, anything that used Kazaya, for instance, MCAS knew which businesses use Kazaya. And if you were going to them as part of their infrastructure, as your infrastructure, it would flag an alert in MCAS that you were going to an untrusted back end. And you can get that context into Sentinel and raise the risk. So there are so many ways of doing it if you work with a partner like us to really help you onboard it. For me, what I'm hoping for from, from Sentinel and from Microsoft continuing to push it, because it's only really been in GA for, for six to 12 months. It's not even been in GA that long. Uh, general availability rather than being beta for anybody who isn't up on all the acronyms. Um, I'm hoping for availability and I'm hoping for uh, deployment. I'm really hoping people will start using it. Um, and, and that's something obviously generally that you and I have been working on and trying to get this, the, our, our activation workshop with in front of customers, aren't we, to get customers to turn this on and understand what it can do for them. Well, and because Sentinel is part of a cloud service, it's part of Microsoft, it follows the same cloud trend, right? It's easy to switch on. Yes, you probably need a little bit of planning and architecture around it. We can, of course, you know, brush that to one side for now. But in terms of actually switching on the service and, and, and making use of it, it's very easy. Um, you know, I've done it quite a number of times when, you know, trying to study and understand Sentinel when it's, oh, you know, I want a Sentinel instance. Five minutes later, I've got a Sentinel instance. Oh, I want to pull in all of my, my Microsoft Cloud alerts. I've done that within the next 10, 15 minutes. It is very simple uh, to sell up. Um, but there's still a lot to this tool, right? You know, we still got to, you know, enable and review all of the rules. We still want to put some logic around the incidents and, and, and all of that good stuff to really make it valuable. And then we decided, you know what, instead of just doing this on, you know, uh, on our internal systems and, you know, on our test accounts and everything like that, let's also do this for our customers, right? If it's this simple to switch on and get started yeah. on the Microsoft Cloud side, why not help our customers get onboarded so they can start realizing, you know, the value of Sentinel and what it can actually, um, what it can actually do for them. And that is, of course, Dave, as, as, as you've mentioned, our Sentinel activation uh, workshop that we have. And then for those customers that, that do want to go big on Sentinel and then do want to onboard everything, uh, as we said, the cost can go up, you know, exponentially. So we, we've done some creative stuff around managed service on that and, and enabling you to get the best out of Sentinel and use it as part of your estate. It's not one for today, um, but it, it does enable customers to, to, to really make use of it if they want to and, and to embed it into their broader security estate. But like I said, you know, it's for me, this is about adoption. I mean, we've got such low percentages of businesses using SIM tools. I mean, under 50 percent. If, if you take out the managed service and then people that have deployed it, they're under 50 percent of, of our customers have actually deployed a SIM tool in some format. And we need to be able to investigate. We need to be able to dig into the data. And, and I'm really hoping that, that such is the adoption of Microsoft and Microsoft Cloud Services, that having this security layer and, and this dashboard and visibility available for customers will really start to drive adoption. Because for me, it's such a must. I, I mean, I can't stand. It's like that old analogy of driving a car without a fuel gauge. And we all know the panic that fuel gauge is. I mean, we, we shouldn't ever put time-based references, but we're here in the UK and currently our petrol stations have no petrol in them because everybody went out and panic bought over the last week, right? That's what happens 
when people take their eye off the gauges and panic and and having a tool like sentinel can avoid that so guys help us turn it on with you really is our message from this podcast isn't it Gennaro? yeah i think it's so uh, it's quite clear cut around there and uh yeah <laughs> i'm still uh i'm still getting over the the, the, the fuel comment i knew there was going to be something about that sooner or later <laughs> i'll fit it in somewhere haven't you <laughs> All right, guys. I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm pretty much done. I think we're pretty much time out for today, aren't we? In terms of uh, making this accessible for, uh, for people. Jaro, uh, thanks for hosting. I hope that was useful. Well, you say that I hosted. I, I kicked uh, it off, Dave, and you know, you pitched it. It was, it, it was a joint effort. But, but, but no. So, in, in all seriousness, thanks for, thanks for tuning in and listening. Um, you know, as mentioned, we, we did mention the Sentinel Activation Workshop today. If you are interested in this, please do. Uh, you know, reach out to us here at Bytes. You can find all of our contact details on our website, and that is www.bytes.co.uk. That's Bytes in the computer format, not in the I'm going to bite someone or take a bite of this meal or, or whichever. B-Y-T-E-S. There, there we go. I should, probably should have gone for that. But please do reach out to us. We are keen to have, you know, either chats like this or workshops to, to get our customers up and running in Sentinel. And that's what uh that's what we'll leave you with today so as mentioned thanks for thanks for tuning in and uh until next time thanks all